We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we work and live, the people of the Gubby Gubby Nation, and recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community. We pay respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the Take A Seat Podcast. This podcast brings awareness to disability sports and supports. We are talking to experts and athletes with a disability from around the world. It's time for the uh, sponsorship read. Let's get into it. Of course, we want a website, uh, some details about their programs, and maybe where people can find them on the socials. Yeah, love it. Well, we'll start off with a website. So www.suncoastspinners.com.au is where you can find all of their upcoming information about any events, tournaments, local programs, uh, where to be and what time. Uh, Spot on, Jimmy. Great. Over to you, Cam. Definitely Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We don't know about TikTok. We no, might sure. have to get them so. onto TikTok, definitely. They're not a very big social media. Well, we know that they have a link tree which has all of them listed on it. So jump on their link tree and you'll be able to find it from suncoastspinners.com.au. And who are we thanking for the money? Uh, I want to be a, throw a big shout out to Bridie Keane uh, and the rest of the board for supporting us and backing us on this venture. You guys are doing really well at this now. You're getting real pro, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll cut this up and it will sound beautiful when we get it to air. Love it. Let's get into it. Cameron, we are back in the studio, and thank you again for tuning in, downloading another episode, episode 16. Cameron. Episode 16, yeah, James. Who have we got? I am extremely excited for this guy this morning. So we have Jess Williams from New Zealand today, and I know that with your degree, James, this guy is going to be someone that you're super excited to talk to. We've been pumping tyres up for a, a little while now. You and have been sending me videos. You've been sending me photos. You've been sending me all mm. sorts of links. I've only clicked about half of them, but I love what this guy does. I mean, I love my, as you said, my outdoor education, irrespective, but what this guy does takes it to another level. He has a better life in a wheelchair with his tetraplegia than I have just as an everyday Aussie. Like, I am in absolute awe of his life. All right, that's enough of us. Let's get Jezza on. Jezza, we'd like to welcome you to Take a Seat with us on the Take a Seat Project. Hey, guys. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, it's awesome to be part of your podcast this morning. So, yeah, my name is Jezza. I'm the founder of the Making Tracks Foundation here in New Zealand. I had an injury about 10 years ago and. Since then, I've dedicated my life to opening up the adventure-based tourism here in New Zealand for anybody and everybody, yeah, through what we call inclusive tourism. Inclusive yeah, tourism. Yeah, so we'll talk about that as we go through. So, yeah, mm-hmm. really nice to be here, guys, and let the games begin. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Right. Well, this is this is where this is actually back to a classic interview, I, I guess you would say, or a classic episode. The last two we've done, we, we had supports. So those that provide physiotherapy, exercise fears. Yeah, and apps and different apps. Uh, therapist type of modalities. I guess Jazz kind of fits in that niche of both. Probably both. Yeah, being yeah. extreme sports, but also down that support side of things is uh, as an advocate trying to push into that inclusive tourism. Mm. Well, Jezza, have True. you heard the hard cards? No. Cameron, can you let Jezza know what the hard cards are? Yeah, so Jezza, what we have is a segment called the hard cards. And in the hard cards are questions that come from the internet. They come from ourselves as James and I and some of our fans and guests from online through our social media and everything. What they are is a deck of cards with written questions on the back And they're really difficult questions to not necessarily answer, but they make you sit back and think. And when we say that, they can be things like, how's your sex life? 
why are you in a wheelchair? Really, really things that can be like that. And then it can be really, really taboo type of stuff that if you were driving along in a car and someone yelled out things to you, how you respond to that? How do you make that social injustice better? So what we end up doing is we, we read these cards out. You get to pick three. So you get some choice, but pretty much this is our icebreaker. This makes it nice and easy that you kind of get a little comfortable. You tell a story off the back end of some of these questions. If they're irrelevant to you, cool, no problem. We'll we'll work around it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I am doing a bit of fixing on the cards only because we had, I think in the in the 10 episodes that we had the hard cards, we had the same three questions in in eight episodes. <laughs> so... <laughs> We're stacking we, we the got, deck we got, on you. Yeah, we got, we got like deck. twenty. We got thirty something questions, and for some reason, it was the same three in every in every one. So we'll we'll see how we go. Got enough in there for us? Come on, James. I'm nervous now. <laughs> yeah. Come on, come on, come on. All right. So I'm going to fan the cards out with their number side up, and then on the back are the questions. So Cameron won't be able to see what they are whatsoever. What yeah, kind of do you have any out. numbers, cards like uh, jacks, queens, five, sixes, spades? You throw out three cards, and I'll see if I've got them here, and I'll. Uh, read out I'm the always about the Joker card. I did a talk the other day at a school, and it was like living the Joker card. You know. Oh, I, I no, wish we no. We, no we got Joker. Pretty much everything, but we got a Jack. We can do Jacks for as a Joker. How does that sound? It starts as the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. that works. All right, and then uh, throw us out two more. King and we love a queen. And we Good. love a queen. Oh, we've had, had definitely had that before. I can tell you that. <laughs> All righty. Question number one: What drives you every day? Question number two, are you proud of who you are? And question number three, if you could, would you go back to the time of your injury and change it? What drives me every day? I don't know, getting up. I, I'm, uh, I've, I've got an a awesome little family here, a beautiful lady and her little boy. He's not actually my little boy. You know, I normally wake up at some silly time in the morning. And then, um, I don't know, I really, these days, you know, I've spent a lot of time, you know, getting out and doing heaps of awesome activities. But, you know, you know, I'm getting older these days. I actually, I really appreciate being able to give people opportunities. Um, so the, so if I can see somebody out there doing something that I've assisted with or helped with, then, you know, that's that's what really, really drives me, I think, these days, is, is just giving other people the opportunities that I knew that they they possibly couldn't have done without, um, you know, a little bit of persuasion or a little bit of assistance from the foundation. Mm. I think that's that's what really gets me gets me ripping these days, which is kind of funny, you know. Years ago, it used to be the other way around. So it's amazing what happens when you get older, you sort of get more understanding of other people and you get you get more out of giving rather than taking. So, you know, I think that's that's my my gig. That's my major these days. What was the next question? Next I, question. I, am I proud of who I am? Yeah. yeah. Question number two, are you proud of who you are? I like to think I'm pretty humble, so I, I can't, you know, can't say, oh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm like, fully stoked of who I am. But, yeah, of course I'm proud of who I am. If you're not proud of who you are, then, you know, that would kind of suck, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm totally proud of who I am. I'm, I'm very uh, happy in this body and, and these shoes and these wheels. And would I go back and do 
What was the last one? Oh, this is an amazing one. People ask that all the time. Oh, yeah, bro, would you, you know, I bet you don't want this injury to happen. You want to go back and be the the person you were before? Well, if I didn't have my injury and I knew what I knew now, then I'd be pretty bloody invincible. But obviously that is impossible. So I wouldn't know what I knew now if I hadn't been through what I've been through. So I, um, no, I appreciate exactly what I've been through in my life. Uh, I've always tried to be a unique individual and, you know, being a tetraplegic, pushing yourself down the street in a manual wheelchair and everybody just pitying you from afar, it's really funny because I'm just like, you poor buggers, you don't understand what's behind this, you know. Are those comments, do you find that you get more comments from people in, people involved in the outdoor adventure tourism industry or do you oh, get them in the oh, no, 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 people know me, bro. If people know me, then, you know, they know who I am. So, no, no, I'm uh, I'm definitely pretty equal, even Stevens, with uh, most of my peeps out there in this in this world when it comes to the outdoor educational outdoor side of it. I always find that I uh, I get a funny feeling from characters that have never met me before. So uh, it's the opposite, to tell you the truth. You know, yeah. the hardcores know me really well. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's Desi. He's a nutcase. It's when you're struggling down the street and, uh, you know, mum grabs her, her little boy and drags him halfway across the other side of the street and says, oh, look out, look out. You know, that sort of thing that always cracks me up. Um, and, you know, I do a lot of talks in schools and stuff these days, and it's really funny um, that how open and and smart and savvy kids are. Mm. It's when they get a little bit, you know, I don't know what happened, eh? We kind of we kind of missed something going on there when when we reach a certain age. It's it's kind of weird. But that no, curiosity no, sort of I, starts to, to fade out. Yeah, it's funny you are, yeah exactly you bring that up actually because there's been a, a few comments similar yeah. to that where a few other people that we've spoken to have had similar experiences where ch- where it's that idea of coming from judgment versus curiosity. And as you just linked onto there, the kids come from a sense of curiosity, whereas those comments that you that you just mentioned coming from more of a judgmental perception. I also find that as exactly what you just said, Jezza, where where do these questions come from and why do these comments happen? And, and that's a bit of a hard-hitting question, that, that third one there. I love the way that uh, you changed the tone of voice and, and you pulled a bit of a face on the, on the camera as to, oh, you know, people ask this and get out of my way and whatever else. That's exactly where those type of questions come from is because they're things that people do, they don't realise uh, the impact that they have on the person. And as we alluded to at the start in the intro with, with yourself is, mate, you have a better lifestyle than I have. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even kidding you. Uh, making tracks and the foundation and being outdoors and the inclusive tourism that you're doing is, is a better lifestyle than I could imagine to have right now. So from that, people shouldn't be judging, oh, just because you're in a wheelchair or whatever else. With a man that's a tetraplegic, so basically collarbones down, can't feel your body all that well or move it overly functioning well, to be going out and doing whitewater rafting and abseiling and, you know, you think of the most extreme things, paragliding, skydiving, iFly, you've done it all. Yeah, but it's, um, for me, that's because I've spent my whole life doing these things. It doesn't really work, you know, it, it's not difficult. It's not hard. It 
it's um, it's just the way that it is, you know. It's when I always forget, and I've, I've been told this a few times, especially with, you know, my boys and, and girls that are in the outdoor industry, it's like we are kind of lucky because we've spent our lives in this realm. So when we actually start going into like a big town or city where people aren't involved in the outdoor industry, their mindset is not so open because you grow from challenging situations. James will know this. He's studied this stuff. So one of the things that Making Tracks Foundation, one thing I really, really push is living to your potential. Now, we can do a lot of things to make be able to live to our potential, but the only way we can really live to our potential is to learn our limits. The only way we can learn our limits is to be challenged. So if everybody with a disability realized this, if everybody with a disability realized that they are challenged to the point where my home can be a class five river, so every day my brain is getting challenged. I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing so hardcore that if everybody understood that, there'd be no unemployment in the disability sector because everybody would be like, I want somebody that's really adaptable. I want somebody that can work well under pressure. I want somebody that can work well with the team. I want somebody in my business that thinks outside the box. Well, think of somebody that has their life totally tipped upside down and is carrying on in their life ripping it, then that's the person that should be involved. And the only way we can do this is by challenging ourselves. And the outdoor industry is about challenging yourself. Absolutely. Everybody grows in challenging environments, you know, and that's what it's all about. So adventure-based learning, it's the... It's the key to success. How did you, one, build making tracks? Like how did you go from your life's been tipped upside down from an accident and making making tracks to accessible for inclusive around the world for people with disabilities? And as you said, people that live in cities and aren't necessarily involved in this type of realm themselves have now been able to access and be able to do these type of extreme sports through your foundation? It was by accident, Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) Big accident. (laughs) I spent my entire life in the outdoor industry. I grew up in an incredibly awesome place with rivers on my back doorstep. I started kayaking when I was probably 12. You know, I started skiing so I could get off school and all that sort of thing. So when I... I studied outdoor rec and all that and adventure guiding when I was, you know, as soon as I left school, uh, ski patrol, diploma, all that sort of thing, and then had, you know, 15, 15 or so years in the industry. So I kind of knew quite a lot of people, and it was my game, you know. Every day I'd be doing it. So when I did have an accident, I was quite oh, how could I stay in the industry? And I looked into the industry. And at that point in time, it was like 12 years ago, I was like, well, mm, there's not really that much going on here. And so I just started with my mates doing bits and pieces. And then I kind of thought, well, you know, I could do this all myself or I could do it and open it up for other people. 
And there wasn't that much going on at that point in time. And I knew I could do a pretty good job and I didn't want anybody else to go in and do it and muck it all up. So I devoted my, my time and effort to do it. But it's evolved as things, you know, I didn't open it up to go, right, I'm going to be inclusive tourism and, you know, open up the whole tourism industry. That's not what it was about. It was about just, you know, opening a rafting trip because I wanted to go rafting. I opened a yeah. paragliding <laughs> outfit because... I wanted to go paragliding. You know, it was more that. And then when I did it, it's like, well, man, I'm a C5 tetraplegic. It's truth. If I can do it, then anybody can do it. And it sort of it annoyed me that other people couldn't do it, but I could because I had the connections. So that's when I was like, well, I better, I better, you know get the interaction and, and kind of make it available for everybody. And so just those connections, is that quite literally just the people in the know-how of one, the specific activity, for example, uh, river rafting or kayaking? So one, having access to the equipment, but then also just having a, a can-do attitude and a willingness to assist you to make it happen? Well, when I had my injury, you know, some of my best mates like owned rafting companies and were paragliding that's what they did, tandem masters and stuff like that. So at the start to to get going, paragliding was real easy. You know, I just had the boys like run off the hill with me in a tandem. And when I went skydiving first, I, I met Lee and then just, you know, showed up with some duct tape and towels. And I'm sure it's happened, you know, heaps of people have done that stuff before me. I'm not the first person to jump out of a plane with tetraplegia. And, but it was more the... And the para, uh, sorry, the rafting, that was the big one, you know, and working out how to get me in a raft safely and being able to do it was, you know, that there was a lot of brain work, working out how we can, you know, make a harness and that sort of thing. So, and then I heard about some sailing harnesses that were made over in the UK and I brought one of them over and then sort of, over the years evolved it into um, making what we have nowadays, which is a very easy, safe sort of idea of how to sit in boats. And then I used to go around and I'd talk to operators. And once you get one, you know, it's quite easy to get the next one and the next one. And then I'd go and talk to sea kayaking companies and I worked out a really easy support seat that you can put it in. I just kept it real simple. You know, you don't go into a company and go, hey, you know, I want you to open up your product to everybody because that's not what it's about, you know. Mm. It's about the operator understanding the potential of their product to the ability of their client. How I say, like, I don't want to go class five heli rafting, especially on a glacial fed river. I'll freeze to death and probably drown. But the likes of Aaron Farthing, you know, old wheels that does all the flips for nitro. He's been on the Rangitata River many times, you know. My mum doesn't want to go class five heli rafting either. And so if she goes to an operator, she needs to have all the proper information or she'll find herself up at the top of a class five river going, oh, what did I book, you know. So it's about the the operator understanding their client and nobody can assume their client's abilities yeah absolutely i love something that uh, i've seen in quite a few of your interviews and different videos and things about 
in general. And you never say disability. Well, you say disability, but you never say that uh, people have a disability. You always talk about their ability and how much ability somebody has. Take away the fact that the physical attributes or whatever, but always look at someone's ability and that what you're doing with the Making Tracks Foundation is tapping into people's actual ability, what they can do and what they're trying to do and making it more able and also saying like you want to explain how it's inclusive, not accessible with those two factors as to someone's ability, inclusive versus adaptive or accessible. Yeah, so everybody on this earth has got different abilities. Like some people are scared of heights, some people can swim, some people can't swim, some people, you know, everybody, intelligence, you know, physical, some some people like bolt, you know, some people are like the opposite of bolt, you know. My, my physical abilities are, you know, pretty limited, but, you know, I've still got... A, you know, a pretty good brain on my shoulders and a very adaptive human being. So my abilities outweigh other people's abilities. And that's the way that people have to understand. You know, if you if you focus on a disability and you tell somebody that they're disabled their whole life, then, you know, what's going to happen? We've done this for years is, you know, I'm sorry if I'm going to offend anybody here, but We've created victims for years with adaptive sports. You know, it's like the same with segregation in schools. It's like if you, we have CCS here in New Zealand, Crippled Children's Society. It's like all the kids go out and do an activity uh, together, all the kids with disabilities. And it's like the other kids see them and they're like, oh, look at all the special kids. It's like in schools, we have special classes. So all the kids are like, oh, look at all the special kids. You know, it's it's we've created victims and people don't live to their potential through this. Whereas when we look at an individual's ability and we don't segregate, we put, you know, Fred in a classroom with Martin and Lulu and whatever, and, and then they will see Fred's abilities. You know, they will understand them. They won't be put off by him. And when it comes to the future then Fred will compete with the rest of his classmates and he will become a very successful person. It's the same with in the outdoor environment. Like, don't get me wrong, Ride for the Disabled, Sailability, they're all amazing, awesome opportunities, but they don't create change. They still are making people feel like they're special and they need something special. Whereas inclusive tourism... What that does is it puts the operator, it teaches the operator how to deal with their client without having to segregate them. It's like I can show up and go rafting with ultimate descents with my mates and go on a multi-day rafting trip. And even if there's other people on there, then they learn about Jezza, you know, and they we sit around a fire and we talk and have fun and, you know, and it's and everybody understands me, I understand them as an individual. And then when they go away, it creates change, you know. It's the same with the paragliding. If I'm out there on the hill in my buggy paragliding, people know me so well. They don't, they're not like, oh, that's that special guy. You know, I'm just there like everybody else, just flying, just having a good time. So everybody that works with me understands me. 
But if I go out there with like five of peeps in chairs and we're all there doing something for an adaptive day, then everybody's sort of, it's like, oh, that's all the special people that need assistance. Let's help them, you know, which is awesome. Thanks, everybody that helps us. But um, that's not what life's about. In my mind, I'm, I own everything I say, by the way. You know, this is, you know, I'm not trying to change the world or anything. And that is the the power of inclusion. Absolutely. It's like in New Zealand, we have over, I think, 50% of people that have a disability are unemployed. It's like, it's not their fault. It's this fault of society for years because what society has done is they've segregated peeps, you know. They're, they're special. Who's going to employ a special person? I want to employ the best person for the job. And that's what it's about. And trust me, people will be the best people for the job if you just you know, get over it yeah. and realize that everybody has got a different ability. I'm going to, I'm going to jump um, in. Sorry, Jez. The Take a Seat podcast is in your ears thanks to the Suncoast Spinners. The Suncoast Spinners are a wheelchair-based sporting club. They run social inclusion programs, including but not limited to basketball and rugby. If you want to get involved with the Suncoast Spinners programs, you can just rock up at Mergen, Morayfield and Sippy Downs on Wednesdays, Fridays and Saturdays or contact them on Instagram, Facebook or their website www.suncoastspinners.com.au. The Suncoast Spinners programs are for people of all ages and abilities. They're looking for players, officials and volunteers to help with all of their programs. So make sure you check out the Suncoast Spinners on Facebook, Instagram or on their website again, www.suncoastspinners.com.au. So as as you said, the school's putting everyone with an identified disability into the one class and it being either a special education class or, as you said, the CCS in New Zealand. So I'm going to link this back to Sunco Spinners, our sponsors, Extra Plug. So this is something that I, I've been working on the last seven years with, with them. The project itself is called Reverse Inclusion or the initiative is Reverse Inclusion, Reverse Integration as it is in Canada. So, And it's so funny, some of the things you were saying there are really sort of aligned with my thoughts and practices and experiences in the fact that we go to schools. I've gone to schools with a pamphlet and I've approached the, the administration. I've said, and I'm like, hey, look, my name's James Hill from Sunco Spinners. I'd really like to offer you this opportunity to participate in a wheelchair basketball experience. You know, we can offer you a six-day uh, sort of opportunity or a one-off if you would prefer that, et cetera, et cetera. It's all grant funded, blah, 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 blah. And I do the big old spiel and I get to the end and, and the lovely lady or, or gentleman behind the counter goes, oh, look, look, mate, sounds great. But um, we haven't got anyone in a wheelchair. I said, well, that's that's great, but I'm actually, I don't care. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to give you an experience, another sport, another opportunity for your students to participate in. And they go, oh, oh, oh okay. Um, yeah, right. The, the target audience for the reverse inclusion, as you say, is to actually try and make that change. And the target audience is those that do not have a disability and do not have exposure to it, to create that exposure and to educate. And that's what I, I, I love about what you were saying there about educating the the instructors and the organizations as to how to be inclusive and how to how to change their practices to not create that one-off opportunity or that one-off class if we all if we we want to focus to make that change on where where the the impact and that that problem sort of uh, stimuli comes from and that's the able-bodied community if we want to make social change don't make it so that it's a special occasion or a special outing or it's you know we just did it for this one day or this one special group how can someone that's never gone whitewater rafting or 
done anything in, in those extreme sports with a disability who's thinking about it, how do they do it? Who do they approach? How does a business on the flip side of it make their stuff more inclusive for someone with a disability that's never tried it before but wants to have a go? Come to New Zealand do a trip for making tracks. <laughs> no, yeah, no, 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 definitely. No, is that yeah. is that something that's possible? Like, do you have packages to be able to oh, do yeah, that? Yeah, 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 totally, totally. So, um, what do I have? So, what do I? I'll, I'll explain what I do because a lot of people will be a little bit like, "What's going on here?" So, firstly, making tracks is what we call inclusive tourism. So, I go into operators and I train them. I call it inclusive tourism. It's real simple. Ready? It's education to the industry to the operator to know the potential of their product to the ability of their potential client. Then it's information. It's appropriate information so a client can work out whether or not that activity suits the individual ability. Then it is cooperation. And that's where you have an adaptive advisor that's making tracks. And then we have what we call adaption but adaption can be simple solutions okay it can be you know if someone wants to go horse riding put somebody else on behind them you know that's an, a very very simple solution then it's promotion making it making it aware you can make everything inclusive but if it's not then and then accessible tourism comes from accessibility that's toilets ramps all that sort of carry on accessible tourism as as i said prior to this little lovely talk we're having it's like if you want an accessible holiday go to singapore if you want to have an inclusive holiday come to new zealand go to nepal these places they're exciting the wilderness you know everything works why because it has to you know I'll tell you about the Mongol rally that we did. It was insane. That that there's another conversation. But the idea, if you want to come on a trip with making tracks, is you just go to our website and then we've got an inclusive directory. On that inclusive directory, we have all the companies that we work with. And there it has all the information provided. If they you think that your ability can suit that activity, then yes. We can book it or you can book directly with the operator. It's that simple. So I go into an operator, so say sea kayaking, for example. I live up in uh, Abel, Tasman. I've got Golden Bay just on my doorstep here. It's nearly as nice as as, uh, Surfer's Paradise without all the buildings. And uh, R&R kayaks. I work with Rohana R&R kayaks. So with that, we have a support seat that is a real basic seat that just sits in the kayak. So I've trained Rohan and his crew how you can meet you, greet you, make you feel like a beautiful legend, bring you down to the water's edge, help you in the boat. They'll help you transfer into the boat as well. Put your spray deck on, push out, boom, if you need somebody there as a you know if you need a tandem boat they'll put a guide in the back if your hand function doesn't work we'll use k-tape k-tape's amazing <laughs> and make sure that it's all good you know and then you just go out with your mates or your friends or your family boom there you go and this area here we've also got walk able tasman we've got a paragliding buddy that's sitting in my garage right there that we would organize with um a local paragliding company or a local paragliding association to give you a go at that 
And then also we've got a skydiving company just down there. I can hear the planes going up and down. We work with as well, you know, right here in Naval Tasman, right outside my door. There's stuff, the law for anybody to do. Then there's Queenstown. We work with heaps of operators down there. And we actually expect you guys to be able to fly over, drive in, go into any activity you want. You don't even have to talk to me. You don't even have to worry about I exist. The inclusive directory is all you need. If you wanted an adapted holiday, then we can do that as well. You know, we can get a guide, a driver, and uh, drive around. I've actually got a young man, Alex, that's joined our team. He's Australian, an incredibly awesome dude. He was a para, a snowboard trainer for the Paralympics. Also worked as a curer for NDIS. So he's actually working, we're working with NDIS to, to use their amazing funding to get characters over from Australia with that funding to New Zealand to be able to do those activities as well. I also work with funding agents here in New Zealand under the same to get peeps out there if they don't have the finance. Yeah, there's so many different ways of doing things, you know, there's, um, and it's all about educating the operator. I put everything in the operator's shoes. I've got one last question for you, Jazza. How do we get businesses over here in Australia and around the world and people with a disability to get out and make tourism or different extreme sports and that? inclusive so do they get in contact with you at making tracks do they just go to the providers here in australia and just go i'm going skydiving i don't care how you get me there i don't care what the doctor says i don't care that i need a medical certificate i don't care about risk i will sign whatever we're going let's make it happen what's your advice for one businesses how to make it happen and two for someone with a disability that wants to do it how do they do it for the business firstly just do it you know, do you guys know how honestly, how what clientele you get coming through the door? If somebody shows up there in a wheelchair or with a disability, they want to be there. They've, they've, it, it takes a lot more for them to get to your product than the average Joe, for starters. They're not hungover getting pulled along by their girlfriend going, yeah, got a job, got a job. And it's not as hard as, as you think, you know. Don't assume your your client is an encyclopedia of themselves and you are an encyclopedia of your business. So you both can adapt to make it possible. As a client, as a person that wants to go skydiving, for example, or, you know, jump in a jet boat or, you know, get out there and, and go for a raft trip or a kayak or a fun yak or whatever you want to do, just contact an operator. Go see the operator too if he's in your area. And if you do come up with hurdles and if you do come up with, with problems, then get in contact with making tracks. And, uh, yeah, I can easily contact operators. And, um, but yeah, if people want to go on adventure holidays and stuff, then, yeah, it's not far to New Zealand, hey. Love that. Absolutely love it. How can people find making tracks, Jezza? Yeah. Like how, how can people get in contact with you? What what socials and that do you have? ASO, I'm on all of them except for I don't do TikTok because I don't understand it. <laughs> um, I'm too old. But uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, makingtracks.co.nz is our whole, you know, it's not just making tracks because you'll probably find a, a business with, 
an excavator or something on it, and it's got an X on it. Yeah, sorry. So that's making, making tracks, tracks making with tracks an with, an, with an X dot co. Yeah. So dot co dot nz. Yeah, exactly. And that's on all of them, Instagram and stuff. And also, what I do quite often is I get clients to just send me a message on WhatsApp. And that's on the bottom of our website because it's way easier because then I can just talk to you. You know, I don't know if everybody understands what a tetraplegic is, but they can't really use their hands. So I have to type with my uh, knuckle and it takes ages. And I'd rather talk to you. And WhatsApp, you know, I don't have to pay heaps of fees when it comes to uh, I wish I knew that the last Australia. couple of Wish I knew that in the last couple of weeks that we've been communicating to get you on here, Jess. I would have just give you a buzz and we would have been all sweet rather than sending messages yeah. back and forth. Yeah, too true, too true. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> well, I know that James is uh, a sponsored athlete of Melrose. I know your uh, paragliding <laughs> chair is Melrose. And I know James is coming to New Zealand in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I think we need to uh, make a link here and uh, you go and show him how to make some of these accessible things happen here and uh, inclusive activities back here in Australia. I think we may have to make this link in person. Absolutely. I'm for it. I'll be in Auckland. Yeah, well, yeah, easy. Yeah, stay in contact. Definitely. Yeah, and shout out to Phil Marrows. He's a legend. Yeah, no, they are great. They are great. I don't know if I'm a sponsored athlete yet. (laughs) but uh... We're we're plugging it out there anyway. We're actually going to try and get Marrows on here with us. Oh, yeah, cool. Get Phil on. He's hilarious. Hey, he's he's definitely got a... I'll, I'll call up and, and, and tell him that you sent us and that might give us the in, hey? <laughs> yeah, well, totally. All right, well, thank you very much for joining us and, and putting up with our poorly framed questions. Uh, but I've absolutely loved listening to you. I hope we can do it again soon and hopefully in person. Yeah, perfect. It'll be a pleasure, James. Nice to meet you both. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. We appreciate you rating and reviewing the podcast, but most importantly, sharing it with people you think it will impact the most. Before we go, again, a massive thanks to our sponsor, the Sunco Spinners. The Sunco Spinners are a social wheelchair-based sporting club. They operate multiple programs for people of all ages and abilities in basketball, rugby, and more. Follow the Sunco Spinners on Facebook, Instagram, and find out more about them at sunkospinners.com.au. 